Hello, everyone. Welcome to Made to Dream. I'm your host, Maya Chanel, and here we share stories from women around the world to inspire, educate, and empower women and young girls to dream without limitations. Today, I have the ultimate pleasure of speaking with Ms. Jillian Rifkind, and she is an acupuncturist and a body worker. So I'm excited because you guys know I've been learning about all of these different career paths and professions and businesses, and I'm excited to learn about what she does. So hi, Jillian. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing very well. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. That's awesome. I'm happy to have this conversation. So I want to open up the floor for you to allow the audience to know a little bit about you and what you do. Well, I am an acupuncturist and body worker. Uh, I specialize in manual therapy, working with the organs and also working with trauma. I help sensitive people to recover from past trauma so that they can come in contact again with their joy and uh, love themselves fully. Um, and I started um, studying acupuncture in 2010. I studied in the Seattle Institute of Oriental Medicine. Um, and one of the things that got me interested in acupuncture is I was very into the social work field and interested in helping people um, who had mental illness. And in a few of the different programs that I was involved with, there was a lot of reliance on pharmaceutical psych psychiatric drugs um, in order for people to stay in the program and have the support that they needed. And so in one of my internships, I was in San Francisco helping out with a program called Standing Against Global Exploitation. And in this program, I was there to help um, to, to cook lunches for the women that were staying there. Um, it, it was actually a day center. Um, so a lot of women were in shelters and they provided one meal a day for them and a place for them to work towards um, applying for jobs and looking into careers. And the lady that I worked under was a licensed acupuncturist and she utilized a therapy called a detox acupuncture in the ears. So there's uh, five needles in each ear and they would do a third eye needle and a needle on the top of the head for calming the nervous system, for helping to uh, counter the effects of PTSD and addiction um, through the pathways of endorphins and serotonin in the brain. And so the ears uh, can be very nurturing. Um, actually, an interesting fact is that the ears, are, when you are in utero, are made of the same part of your body as the kidneys. And wow. so the connection with the endocrine glands and organs um, can be very nourishing. And so mm -hmm. I did find this um, program to be very supportive and this type of, of work, I got to try out the acupuncture and um, I really wanted to be able to support people with a non-drug way of healing. That's awesome. You know, I'm really all for, you know, finding way, natural ways um, to, you know, just make ourselves feel better, to heal ourselves. And, you know, I'm always looking for those things. So, you know, we got to ask the question, how did you get into acupuncture? Like, what made you say, okay, this is exactly what I want to do. And I know you said that you learned how, you know, they stuck the needles into the person's ear to calm the nervous system. So what made you interested in this field and working with the body itself? Well, I think I've always been interested in healing and health, and I've always been interested in supporting and helping others. 
Um, as a child, I, I think I developed my voice very early because my brother and my sister, um, both of them older, both of them running around and also learning about the world at the same time as me. Um, but being the youngest, my voice was always kind of trampled. And so I always had to find a way to express myself in a way that would shut everybody up in a way that would right. get in there. Um, and so I got really interested in writing and observing psychology, observing behavior of other people. I think I became insightful of, in that way, but I wouldn't mm. really accept the way that psychology treated people in society as in, in kind of a judgmental format where people aren't seen holistically as like, you're just a human being, but everybody has some part of some disease process. Whereas in Oriental medicine, we kind of see the body as the tree and we see the branches, maybe the specific disease processes, or we may, may see a little bit of, of lichen on this branch that's maybe not as healthy or a little bit on this side that has more color. But as far as treating the human being, we're seeing the root as the primary part of healing the human being. Mm. No, that's that's really important. I, I think this is really um, interesting right now because first of all, like I've, I've always been interested in like health and fitness and all of those things as well. Um, studied, you know, pre-med in school. So I've, I've always been like really interested in like how the body works from, from a young age. And even the thing where you spoke about how, you know, the ear is kind of connected to your kidneys. Um, like you notice that like they're similar kind of in shape a little bit. So it's like, knowing these little things about the body and just like, it just kind of amazes me, you know? And the thing about growing up in a world that's ruled by Western medicine, which is a, a huge part of why I got into this was because the first time I went to an acupuncturist, I just felt fully seen for who I am mm -hmm. and fully understood. But the thing about Western medicine is that they simplify the human being into this process as if they're a robot or as if mm -hmm. they're just a, um, a, a syringe that you put chemicals into and that right. chemical is supposed to create the reaction that you want. But really right. we are these amazing complex human beings and mm -hmm. until we understand- And everyone's different. Miracle, everyone's different. Oh yeah. Until we I understand the miracle of life and how amazing it is, we're not gonna come close to you know what our potential is medically for you know, really the human being, we're talking about drug-free alternatives to um, pain management and addiction management. And really your body is, uh, if all you have to do is put a couple of needles in your ears to create a response, you are the mm -hmm. medicine. Your body can right. every, I like this quote about, uh, <laughs> I'm probably gonna screw it up, but it, within the acorn is the oak tree within that little tiny seed is all the genetic material that it needs to be created this, this profound form of life. And I think mm -hmm. that's just so beautiful and that we have everything that we need to heal and to, mm -hmm. to remind our body of that. I think that's part of my purpose is just to remind people that you have everything you need and you can do this. Most definitely. And you know, 
Um, if we don't have it within our bodies, there's something that is naturally found within our environment that can definitely heal us. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer of that, you know, just finding natural remedies to heal and cure the body of disease, you know? So I want to know, oh, go ahead. What did you say? Oh, it's just that listening. It's that listening to the deep place where we can find the medicine. Right. And I think in our culture, since we have, you know, all these people, these doctors on, on call and we have access to all of that information, we have access to Google, we can look up our symptoms. We are <laughs> the worst thing to do. <laughs> We're kind of giving ourselves a crutch. Whereas if we didn't have access to all those things at our fingertips, we would get an illness or a family member of ours would get an illness. And then we would go into the forest and we would listen deeply to what is needed to happen. No, definitely. So I know that, you know, as women, we do overcome different obstacles in our life or in our career paths that, you know, we endure. So being a woman and then as an acupuncturist, I like to ask this because, you know, we deal with different things in different fields. So what are some of the obstacles that you've had to overcome with becoming an acupuncturist and a body worker? So when I started my business, I was in a relationship and uh, my partner at the time, he was a bookkeeper. And so it was really nice at first because I was able to have somebody take care of the business side of things and then allow me to be me and to do the work that I wanted to do. Um, but, you know, over time that became a little bit of a toxic situation for me and showing up at work and being a, a healer and being present for people was very difficult when I was having this really tumultuous life at home. And mm -hmm. so you know, things shifted for me and I was able to eventually leave that situation and to take care of myself better and to learn more about taking care of um, ourselves. I think as women, we kind of sometimes see ourselves as smaller versions of men and that we can mm -hmm. just turn off these hormones and we can just quiet this, this idea that we have to keep pushing ourselves. And mm -hmm. so I do think that I, uh, on many levels, I pushed myself too hard and I pushed my adrenals too hard. And later on, I had to, um, to break down and to repair <laughs> my body and to, you know, do all the things that you tell your patients to do, um, but maybe don't do yourself because you're, you're super women. You got this, you keep going. Uh -huh. um, and so in having a business, I was able to just kind of figure out and backtrack and figure out what I needed to do to fully show up for my business, both in the side of treating patients and caring for people and in um, taking care of the financial aspects. And mm -hmm. it, it's not my second nature, but I realize more than, more than I think that it is something that is good for me, that I can bring myself into that left brain space and I can get the numbers down and I can mm -hmm. get you done. Right, definitely. So I know I haven't really talked about, you know, working in business with, you know, a relationship partner. So I know that, you know, there are a lot of um, couples that, you know, they're really good working together. What would you say are some of the things that 
probably are not to do when um, working together with your partner? That's a good question. I think it's important to respect your own boundaries mm -hmm. and to realize how you work the best. And maybe that was something that I just didn't know about myself, that mm -hmm. um, the best thing for me is to, when I work, is to take care of the energy that I may have picked up throughout the day. And mm -hmm. I really, now I live by myself. I live in a little tiny house. Mm -hmm. and oh, that's cool. I watch those on YouTube a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect for what I need because I spend a lot of time. I actually have a van too, which is amazing. I spend a lot of time um, at home in between clients, like after work, unwinding, taking a bath, doing floor exercises, cooking good mm -hmm. food for myself. Um, and then, mm -hmm. you know, also going out and exercising and going for bike rides. Um, mm -hmm. But then I do have a, a partner that lives a little bit further away um, that I spend time with on the weekends. And so okay. it, is, um, it is a really good balance for me to have some alone time with the amount of time mm -hmm. I spend with people and right. making sure that I'm not really taking care of too many other people's needs. I know I'm sure there's people listening out there that have kids. And mm -hmm. it is really important to find those boundaries within your home where you can take care of yourself. And then the mm -hmm. people in your household and in your life, they benefit so much from the fact that you are taking good care of yourself and they can mm -hmm. just feel that resonate with them. I definitely agree with that. You know, you have to like, because it's like, if you don't take time for yourself, then you're going to, like subconsciously feels some type of remorse or regret or you know just resentment towards not being able to do that for yourself um i know we talked about partners i want to talk a little bit about you and your mindset because i know a lot of times it can be difficult when starting a business um you know you have a lot of people have self-limiting beliefs um, what are some of the obstacles that you yourself had to come over personally when starting your business? Um, was it easy? Was it hard for you? How was your mindset? How did you be able to transform into that space? Well, it's interesting because a lot of what we do and what we're passionate about is driven by our own self-worth. And so we mm -hmm. want to prove to ourselves that we are worthy of somebody's time somebody's money and our own skill and our own craft that we're creating is worthwhile to other people and so for me I have found that part of the work that I do I have my own external validation that occurs about Mm -hmm. there, are people enjoying my work? Are people feeling good? Are people coming back? Are people scheduling appointments? And so that mm -hmm. is something that I've really looked into recently is my relationship with that. Mm -hmm. Also, when we work with people, we are, our, our, our main, our main client or our main patient is ourselves mm -hmm. and so we want to make sure that we treat ourselves as well as we will treat other people 
And that is one of my mindset blocks that I have had um, over the years is why am I being so supportive and so accommodating of people that are coming into my practice, but I'm not giving myself permission to need to scream sometimes and to <laughs> need to get through it. Right. No, definitely. So if you knew everything that you knew now, um, you know, still learning in the process, but if you knew what you knew now, what would you tell your younger self when you started that business? It's hard because when we're in our early 20s and early parts of our life, we have all this energy and we have the ability to burn this energy and we don't realize until later that we, it's, it's limited and we need to conserve our resources and continue right. to take care of ourselves. So if there was any way that I could get that across, that it is important to, you know, put yourself first. And mm -hmm. even if you think, you know, at that point, I didn't have a, a, I felt, I felt, I don't have a family. I don't have a lot going on at home other than my cats that aren't going to be worried mm -hmm. about me working extra hours. And I can just go ahead and work these extra hours. It is really important to have a work-life balance. And that is something that one of the blessings of the last six months and everything in the world that has been going on is mm -hmm. that I have realized that spending time in the sunshine and spending time outside every day, it's not right. just a luxury. It's something that is crucial for our mitochondria and our cells mm -hmm. to function properly. And having a nice picnic lunch, sitting outside in the sunshine and being able to relax during our day is very important too. Mm -hmm. And so I've more carefully constructed my schedule uh, during the time that I didn't have a lot going on, during the time that I wasn't working as hard. Um, I constructed mm -hmm. my schedule around being able to show up for myself during those times. I love it. I love it. So what would you say is your favorite part? Like some of the things you've been able to see, some of the people you've been able to impact. What is your favorite part about what you do? I feel so freaking lucky. I have moments where I am just so lucky to be able to spend time with people that I enjoy, being able to have conversations with people like you, being able to mm -hmm. just, just reinvent and imagine and dream and that being part of my regular daily life is just quite amazing. And it is just such a gift to be able to work with people and to continue to learn on a daily basis and to learn mm -hmm. about the body and also to have people's trust to work with them and to create a, a therapeutic relationship. Um, mm -hmm. I feel, you know, and on some level, I have a lot of flexibility with my schedule and with being able to work the hours that I feel appropriate for me to work. And so it is really just, it's a beautiful thing to, to find something that you can do that you feel that you are skilled at and that it comes naturally to you. Mm -hmm. I love it. You know, just being able to do something that you love that makes you feel good and just gives you, you know, your, your ability to create your own success in that area. So 
I want to leave off with this last question. If you had to say one thing that'll inspire women and young girls to dream without limitations, what would that be? That's a good question. Yeah, I think, I think that you can have what you want. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why everybody has their own, you know, thing that they're good at and their thing that makes them passionate and that drives them. And so, mm -hmm. you know, if you're not doing something that you love, then it may be time to start looking within yourself and finding what that is that just gives you the spark every day and that makes you want to mm -hmm. shine. And I think that we really all have the ability to find something beautiful that we can, we can make beauty in our life and we right. can share it with others. And yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, we thank you, Jillian, for sharing your story with us today. I feel like I learned a lot and we connected on another level, you know, especially on the, in the terms of just natural healing of the body. So I do want to give you the space to allow the audience and anyone listening in to know if they want to contact you for your services or if they want to just follow your journey, how can they do that? Yeah, so I am on Facebook and Instagram. Both those handles are Joy Point Clinic. And you can contact me. Uh, you can find me on my website as well um, through a contact page. And my website is joypointclinic.com. And I have a lot of things on there, a lot of fun things um, that you can look at, um, such as a meditation that I regularly practice called Smiling and Thanking Your Organs. It's kind of a first thing in the morning thing that I do when I wake up and I'm still in bed and I'm just smiling and thanking my organs for the vitality that they provide to me and, you know, mm -hmm. feeling the organs and feeling the energy of that smiling back. Um, and I also mm -hmm. have a quiz on the website called smiling, uh, sorry, called, um, which Chinese medicine organ are you, which, um, mm -hmm. has uh, some information about what, what your personality type is, what type of organ in your body needs the most support. And um, if you wanted to fill out that quiz, you will get some actionable steps for me about how to best support those organ systems in your body. Thanks for listening. Love it. Love, <laughs> love it. So we'll definitely link all of those um, links in the description for anyone who is interested. Um, but we do thank you once again, Jillian, for sharing your story with us here today, inspiring and educating and empowering women around the world. Um, we thank you all for tuning in and listening once again. I'm your host, Maya Chanel, and this is Made to Dream. We'll see you next time.